Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. On episode 60 of the Green Street Hammers podcast, myself, Adam, Henry, eventually Lou, and Jeremiah talk all things West Ham and Hammers polls questions. We also talk about the Bundesliga possibly starting up and more West Ham takeover rumors with Red Bull swooping. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, welcome to the Green Street Hammers podcast uh, with myself, Adam. Uh, Jeremiah and Henry today. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Jeremiah, we'll start with you. How are things going in Colorado? Yeah, things are going pretty good. I've um, been working from home and teleworking, so trying to figure that out, but all in all, pretty good. That's good to hear. And Henry, how are things in the south of England? Yeah, it's not too bad. Just same as Jeremiah, working from home a lot. Um, very much looking forward to hairdressers opening again. That's my <laughs> hair is very long. I have an Amazon order of uh, of barber shears coming in the mail uh after already having the sides taken down with my beard trimmer so uh keep your fingers crossed that my fiance can get that uh unruly hair of mine under control but uh, we're all we're all feeling that uh that little bit of frustration from the lockdown but uh hopefully um you know a few minutes with us here chatting west ham can, can make the the time pass by a little bit easier and quicker um as uh we all know we're in the coronavirus shutdown and there's no football um but the latest news i don't know if you guys have anything on it that i haven't heard or whatever but uh the latest news is that they're talking about shutting the league down or or avoiding the season uh based on there not being you know uh, enough time to complete the season without impacting further seasons uh but they're they're sort of going through all avenues um before cancellation and ending the season on, I think it's called like sporting merit, which is basically the table as it stands, uh, which would have West Ham in 16th. Uh, are you guys in favor of avoiding the season or would you like a, 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 you know, sort of like a tournament sort of setting where you get a bunch of games in a short amount of time or, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on the alternative options here? We'll go to you first, Jeremiah. What do you think about uh, the voiding of the season potentially happening? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I just miss sports so much that I would like to get it back any way possible, whatever that looks like. It would be interesting to see, you know, how how we would do, I think, in kind of that quick, you know, game after game type of aspect. But all in all, yeah, I would like to see that. I think if we avoid it, you know, then we got lucky. And if we if it ends up that way, we got lucky. We don't have to worry about relegation potentially. But, yeah, I want to see it come back. Henry, what do you think? Um, I think obviously that would be quite a good result for us as we've battled relegation for most of the season. 
Um, but I saw a couple rumours about them voiding it and taking the points on average per game and working out where teams could come with that as the way of getting there, which would have dropped us into the relegation zone. So it's worrying if they decide to do that. But I think if if the season ends how it is, we can't complain too much as we escape relegation, which has been the aim for the last few months and would probably benefit us in the long run. It, it seems weird to think that they would use a simulation to relegate teams that have, you know, that would that cause basically like multi-million pound financial strife for a club that gets dropped down. Um, it, it seems unfair because anything can happen. I mean, we were part of the great escape uh, in our own season with Tevez and Mascherano that came in and saved and helped save West Ham. But uh, it seems like, you know, simulation is such a cheap way out because there could be a team sitting way up the table that just falls off a cliff whether it be injury-related or form or manager drops out and loses out on on, uh, on the, the dressing room. There's so many things that are intangible that can happen. Um, it's hard to see a, a future where a team's relegated, and that's going to be a tough pill to swallow. Um, and I guess, I, for me, I don't like the idea of the simulation because, like I said, there's so many moving factors that could adjust points totals uh, uh, beyond an average. I mean, if you look at average points, as you said, Henry, it would, it would put us in the relegation zone. But if you look at current the current standings were 16th in the table. And while there is a, a very slim point differential there, um, you know, it, it's not, it's not fair to, to put a team that isn't in the relegation zone there on something that hasn't even happened yet. You're just, you know, taking a likely outcome or a, a possible outcome and making it happen. It just seems a little bit cheap on my end, but um, <sighs> Jeremiah, I echo your thoughts here where it's basically, I just want anything sports back. I know uh, today we're, we're recording, it's the 23rd of April, uh, which is the NFL draft. Um, so my buddies and I are all watching online together with, uh, with a chat going and, you know, it's something sports that's not reruns that we can actually watch and latch onto. I'm so excited and desperate for something new, uh, even though it's basically <laughs> going to be a glorified fantasy draft this year. Uh, are you tuning into that, Jeremiah? Yeah. Yeah, as I said, it's funny that uh, myself and I think a couple other listeners of this, I think you know Nick uh, Stampar, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I think there's going to be a few other guys, Dan Roberts, that were possibly all getting together, doing the same thing. It's either going to be via YouTube somehow or Zoom, something like that. But yeah, we're going to get together and watch it. So we find uh, you know fascinating ways to still figure out a way, a way to watch sports somehow. And, and I don't think it's really because we're maybe obsessed by it or anything crazy, but I think it's just you know sports bring people together. And I think at the end of the day, that's a lot of what we miss is just that camaraderie and togetherness and something to take our mind off of, you know, all the other crap that's going around. I completely agree. Uh, Henry, I want your opinion on this because I know you're you're well-versed in European football. Uh, there's been a, a report out today that the Bundesliga could return as soon as May 7th. Uh, and I think they were one of the uh, last leagues to uh, actually stop playing football. They played behind closed doors for a couple matches. Uh, with no major outbreaks. And Germany has been actually a global leader in containing uh, the coronavirus spread and actually you know, pioneering uh, a lot of measures that were used globally to help flatten the, the curve in their own country. Um, would you become just like the biggest uh, you know, low-and-brow-drinking Bundesliga fan of all time if that kicked off on May 7th? I think if, <clears throat> I think if the Bundesliga restarted, it would overtake everyone in being the most watched league for the foreseeable future <laughs> um however at the same time they announced that they also cancelled oktoberfest so i think everyone's making their own precautions about what they're going to do 
So I think it's probably an advisory date, the May 7th, that they're trying to get to. Whether or not it happens will remain to be seen. I mean, it'd be great if it does and everything's be able to be safe and all properly organised and regimented. And then everyone will have some form of football to watch, which I think every football fan will absolutely love. And this <laughs> will probably end up gaining more fans that haven't shown the interest in football because it's something there for them to watch. Um, but yeah, if it came back, I would fully be embracing and choosing a team to support probably Schalke or Dortmund, which is odd because they're the big rivals, but we won a vote. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. And also in America and Canada, where Jeremiah and I are, it would be like mid-afternoon games for us. So all the people working from home who have like galaxy playlist songs on, or uh, channels on their TVs with music playing or like the same reruns of Chopped on Food Network going uh, would be completely overthrown with live sports. I would be amazing. And also Canada has Alfonso Davies on Bayern Munich. So there would be a huge swing of supporters watching Bayern games. Um, I think myself, I'd probably go RB Leipzig just because I want to see how West Ham is going to play in the future. I want to sort of pick up some tips and tricks there. Uh, Jeremiah, would you be all in for, for Bundesliga starting up? Yeah, I would be. I mean, like we talked about before, just something to watch. And I somewhat follow uh, Hertha Berlin anyway. Um, probably definitely not as much as West Ham. But, yeah, so I already know. You know, I know who I'd pick out. But uh, a lot of similarities between West Ham and then Lou. Or, and I guess Lou's not on here yet. But Henry and uh, Adam, if you want somebody to, to follow in the Bundesliga, check out Hertha. They're very similar to West Ham in a lot of different ways. Uh, you know what? I, I will maybe take you up on that, uh, although I can't let my Canadian brethren down. He, uh, by the way, <laughs> Alfonso Davies, is, he got, I got a contract extension, a huge one with Bayern, uh, but he also is hilarious on, uh, on TikTok. He's got some great TikToks. Uh, he was spending a lot of time with Thomas Muller as well, so that was pretty funny. Um, I think we're going to have... He, do you think he's going to end up being the best... Like, is he right now the best, most, uh, I guess, outstanding Canadian footballer to ever come out? Honestly, before him, it is, it is, and it currently probably still, well, it still is, just based on accolades and uh, and whatnot, is Christine Sinclair, actually, the the captain mm-hmm. of the women's team. She's remarkable um, and, a, and a really, really, really big talent. Um, and actually, the other connection is, uh, I think it's Adriana Leon, Leon, uh, Canadian striker on West Ham's women team, women's team. So um, there's a couple uh, connections all the way around the, the pot here. But Alfonso Davies, you know, could go down as one of the best North American footballers, uh, let alone Canadian. So that's that's putting you know Chicharito leading the line at uh, Real Madrid on on. on uh, on blast as well as Tim Howard and uh, Donovan. What's his Landon Donovan? So mm-hmm. uh, there's there's a lot there, but that's that's too far down the road. Uh, so this is going to be our second Hammers Polls podcast uh, that we are going to be jumping into here. As I, I, was, I was just getting word here from Lou that he's going to jump on as well. So we'll have uh, the Northern England uh, accent and opinions as well to to rival out Henry there. Uh, but we have a couple hammers, uh, hammers polls questions popped up here. Um, but before we get into those, because I don't have any, I haven't picked out any questions that that you know rotate around this idea. Henry, I want to you know get your thoughts again on the rumors of uh, RB West Ham being a potential uh, club of the future with West Ham uh, getting you know scouted for being uh, for a purchase from West 
Oh, my God, from from Red Bull, sorry. Red Bull, West Ham. I don't know, it's throwing me off. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to get your general thoughts. Do you think it's just paper talk to try and get some clicks generated? Do you think it's uh, Red Bull seeing uh, Newcastle go for a pretty huge cut price fee of, of you know, two to three hundred million pounds uh, to the new uh, the new owners there? Do you think it's it's real? Is there anything to it? I want your general thoughts, Henry, here on the, the Red Bull potential takeover of West Ham and if you think it'll happen. Um, I think probably at the moment it's probably, probably more paper talk than anything. Um, the fact that you know what our current owners are like and I can't imagine them selling cheap, which Red Bull might be looking at if the rumours were to be true. And I think our owners are probably wanting as would want as much as they can get out of the club. I mean, they valued it at over £750 million. So I, it's a bit difficult to see it being completely true at the moment. Whether or not it comes to fruition later on, then that could work. But I don't think at the moment there's a lot in it. And Lou, you are jumping in and joining us here. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Red Bull West Ham? We're going to throw you right into the fire here. Do you think there's any... Uh, truth to the rumors or it's more just paper talk while the news cycle is on a bit of a hiatus here well that's straight into the deep end isn't it um, it is well uh, I need some time to gather my thoughts um, where, what do you mean whether I like the idea or whether I think it's actually realistic possibility um, well, let's go with uh, realistic possibility first I'd at this moment in time, I don't, I don't think so, because I think there's too many complications and deal breakers that go with Red Bull, such as, you know, changing the name of everything, just to abide by the, you know, sponsorship, and I'm not sure Gold and Sullivan are willing to sell up at the minute anyway. Uh, obviously, fan pressure. And all that 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 we got going before, you know, the season came to a halt, could have, you know, made them swing that way. But I feel like this has kind of like got them some time to, you know, rearrange their priorities, and hopefully they'll come up, come out at the end, other end of this, you know, better chairman. But uh, yeah, I, I just can't see it happening at the minute uh jeremiah do you think there's any plausibility in the rumors you know kind of like what you said i think that with the newcastle stuff going on it gives the opportunity for people to come out and start bringing it back up i mean it was a rumor before i don't know how true it was before but you know that obviously gives it the uh validity excuse me that it needs um and i think that uh you know it, it may or may not be i don't know I, as far as liking the idea, I mean, yeah, the money that would come in would be great. The um, players that would come with that money would be great. But I think as a whole, if that happens, you know, West Ham then loses their complete identity that they ever were before. And I don't want to sound, you know, like an old hat and somebody that doesn't want to see change. I mean, the, the idea of it, you know, the players and the money and everything that would come with it would be huge. And it would be a, a game changer. And it would put West Ham, uh, you know, on that, that stage, most likely. But it would completely change anything um, historically or it would change just the club as a whole. It wouldn't be the same anymore. So uh, I'm kind of out on that one, I think, still. But, yeah, as 
I guess to answer your question, I don't know. I, I think it might just be the fact that, you know, the, all the Newcastle uh, stuff's going on right now and there's just nothing else to talk about. I think that's probably the most likely scenario there. My thoughts are that I think there's uh, legislation that blocks um, name changes on teams. So West Ham could never be RB West Ham or Red Bull West Ham or West Ham RB, whatever it may be. Um, We do know that the badge can change, and we do know that RB Salzburg and Leipzig have very similar badges. Um, That would not be okay by any fan's perspective. They already, a lot of fans, I think a lot of us included, don't love the changes that were made to the new badge. I've gotten over it with time, but I I would like to see the castle returned. I would like to see East London specified on it, but um, I'm I'm not in for having a corporate logo on it. I think the biggest change would be Betway would be gone. It would be Red Bull across the chest of the kits. And also, uh, if they bought the London Stadium or bought land somewhere else, it would be Red Bull Arena or, you know, Red Bull, whatever, stadium. Uh, and I think that would be the the biggest changes you see. But, again, we all kind of agree here. It's probably paper talk and, and you know, trying to generate some sort of clicks based on recent events. Um, so we'll leave it at that until there's anything more concrete coming out there. For West Ham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best West Ham videos and podcasts, download the free COY Irons app now from the App Store and Google Play. As it stands right now, we are going to jump into some Hammers Polls questions, uh, and we'll do sort of the snake draft thing again where we go through, give our thoughts, and then we'll go back through. I'll give you guys the poll answers. Um, but we're going to start with, uh, we're going to throw Henry back into the fire, sorry, Lou back into the fire here. Uh, and it's a rather easy one, but uh, it's a two-parter on on uh, on our end here. The question from Hammers polls: the first part is West Ham should have been playing Norwich City this weekend. What would the outcome have been? West Ham win, Norwich win, or draw? Uh, and then I also want you to throw in one player from Norwich that you think would be a great addition to West Ham. Uh, doesn't have to be anything long-winded, but just a player you like and admire and, and would like in the team. So, Lou, I will go to you first. Would West Ham win, lose, or draw playing Norwich? Um, it's a tough one because obviously we don't know how we would have been hypothetically doing going up and to this game based on you know the prior results that we've not we've not had either. But uh, just based on it being West Ham, you know, it had I'd probably say a draw. Uh, we don't win many away games, and uh, I'm not actually sure what their home record is like, but. Even if it's not the best, they all seem to put up a fight no matter what. So I think I think a draw would be the most lo- likely outcome. Uh, the Akaro Road, uh, and I like I like the look of Campwell. Um, obviously Grealish and Madison are the most t- talked. You know about two young English midfielders, and rightly so, obviously because they're the most talented and they've proven it proven it now uh, more so than Campwell but Campwell has looked like a bright spark in a, in a in a poor Norwich side really and I think he will uh, whether he'll get a move to someone in the summer we don't know but I think if he does I think it, it looks like he'd be able to make the step up yeah, I, I I agree there with uh, with your player pick. That's for sure, Henry. What uh, what are what are your thoughts on a West Ham win loss or draw? And who do you like on that Norwich team? I th- I'll be positive, and I think we'll 
we would have beaten them. I went to the West Ham Norwich game at the Olympic Stadium, and that was one of the most comfortable games we had played this season. So I'd like to think we'd have been able to do it away as well, because um, I think Hala scored a good goal that game. So yeah, I definitely think we'd be in with a good chance of getting three points and pushing back up the league. Um, from Norwich players, I definitely like the looks of um, either one of their fullbacks in Max Aarons and Jamal Lewis. Um, but I'll probably go with Jamal Lewis as we're probably needing a left back more so. And I feel like he'd be able to take the, that position for the next seven years if needed, unless he got so good that we had to sell him. Yeah, that's that's a fair breakdown. And positional need is a is a massive indicator on that one as well. Uh, Jeremiah, are you are you backing the Hammers to win? I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Lou on this one. I think we would get a draw. It is a tough place to play. Uh, it, you've seen some bigger teams come in to Norwich this season when you know actual games were being played, and <laughs> Norwich put up a fight. You know, even though they are chilling at the bottom, it's you know it's definitely evident that they play well at home and their fans get behind them. Um, as far as somebody I would pick, I'm going to go with the other fullback in Aaron's, you know, maybe not positionally need, I think we're okay right back, but, um, yeah, he's just somebody I would like to see at West Ham. I know we've talked about him a lot before on this podcast and I think a few of us has even, have even written about him. Um, yeah, I would just like to see him get out there and, and, and put on the Claret and blue and I think he would do really well, but positionally, I guess we don't really necessarily need him, but definitely a player that I would like to see on the squad. Yeah, Max Aarons is special. If anyone's got him in FIFA, great card too. Um, I would be back in a West Ham win. The only form we can go on is what we had seen at the end there, and West Ham deserved a better fate against Arsenal. Uh, so I think if they put in the same effort there, they would they would comfortably cruise past Norwich, even though it was an away match. Uh, and I was going to circle Cantwell. Uh, I think he's a great a great player as well. Um, but, you know, if West Ham are looking for some striker depth, I'd take Timo Pukki in a heartbeat from from, uh, from Norwich as well, have a Pukki party. Uh, but I don't know if that's exactly what the team's looking for right now. Um, but there are some really good players in defenders, as, like specifically you guys had said, the fullbacks um, that should be circled if, with West Ham's search. Uh, I closed out that poll before looking at it, so I do not know what the results were. I think I remember from my own personal voting that it was uh, a West Ham win was narrowly beating a draw in that account there. Um, But I will, I have already voted on this next poll and have the results in front of me. So um, Jeremiah, we're going to start with you here. Uh, This question is from at Tony Pearson two P I E R S O N. Uh, He's had a couple of questions on here and and we love hearing from him and all the West Ham fans through hammers polls. They're worth a more than worth a follow on uh, Twitter and on YouTube. We'll get to their YouTube video question, which is a really interesting one. Um, But this one comes from Tony Pearson too. He asked underrated player uh, from these who may not have got a fair crack at West Ham or was discarded too soon. And the options are Jao Mario, Sofane Faguli, uh, Fernandez, and Mauro Zarate. Uh, Jeremiah, who do you think did not get a fair shake on that list? Or, you know, the most, because I think you could argue all of them. But who do you yeah. think was the most yeah. uh, shortchanged? I think you could argue all of them. I think if you look at – I'm not going to name two, but I am going to bring up two names. Um, I think if you look at Fernandez, I think he didn't get as much of an opportunity, and he's definitely somebody that could have grown well. Uh, depending on the formation that we play, I think maybe right now he might not be as suited, but who knows? You know, could be wrong in that. But I, I loved Fabuli, and that would be my pick. I think he he played 
he played well. He wasn't always lights out. And I think, you know, we were under that village system uh, where a lot of guys were playing out of position and they didn't play, you know, up to their par. And you see him now back in Turkey and he's, you know, lighting it up. He's lighting it up in the Champions League. So I think that that's somebody we missed out on and definitely could have uh, gotten a lot more from. Yeah, Faguli, he's being lauded as like a hero over in Turkey. I think he's at uh, Galatasaray, so he heck, is, heck yeah. of a player. Yeah. Uh, and I think he was on the Algerian team as well in the African Cup of Nations, so he, he's he's a great player. Uh, okay, Lou. Uh, actually, Henry, you're up next. Sorry. Of those four players, Jean Mario, Faguli, Fernandez, and Zarate, who do you think got the uh, short change the most? Um, I was always a huge fan of Mario Zarate. I know he might have been a bit of a hothead in the dressing room, and I think that's why he was shifted. But some of the goals he scored, like the volley against Crystal Palace and the volley against Chelsea at the last season, the Bolem were just great goals. And at the same time, that's when we kept Anna Valencia, who was clearly starting to decline and wasn't the striker we fought. And we got rid of Zarate instead of him. And I just always still think it was the wrong decision and we should have tried to keep Zarate over Valencia because I think he was a brilliant player and he was able to do a lot of wonderful things that were overshadowed by players like Lanzini and Payet but he was he had all the ability so I definitely would have said Zarate but a shout out to Jao Mario as well I mean people were still saying he would have been the perfect midfielder to be next to Declan Rice now but my pick would be Zarate. Zarate. Interesting. And that one goes a little bit further back, but I think he went on to have pretty good success. I think he went to Watford and then he went back over to South America and, and he did really well there. He had a terrible injury against West Ham, I think, that ended his season. Or is that I think that's right. I don't remember. Um but yeah, he, he was a he was a special player, I think. And like you said, it was it was the intangibles and off field issues that caused him to be moved. Uh all right, Lou, who do you got out of those four? Yeah, uh I agree with what you said about Zarate. I really liked him as well. But I just think during that Payet season, there wasn't really a place for him in the team. We already had Lanzini and Payet, like you said, you know, doing the doing their stuff. And Zarate was just too much of a luxury player, I think, in terms of he would turn it on, obviously, like the goals you said, but a lot of the time as well, he, the games were passing by. So I would have liked to keep it, but I can see why he was eventually sold. But I'll agree with Jeremiah and say Faguli. I think towards the end of his season here, uh, I think he was really getting into the groove of things. And it was just, it was a little bit disappointing that we let him go after that because you could see the potential he had and you could see him finally fitting into the team after a struggle of a season. Not just for him, but for everyone. And I would have liked to see what he could have done the following season. Uh, but it wasn't to be. And uh, I'm glad to see he's doing well at Galatasaray now. Faguli, Faguli, that's a name I, I just wish we saw more of. Uh, I'm glad we saw more of him than we did Guck and Torre, but uh, that's for a different podcast. Uh, I do remember Faguli was given one of the worst red cards I've ever seen in my life. I think it was from Mike Dean. Um, before, obviously, before VAR was in effect. Uh, he completely missed the guy on the tackle, but uh, was given a red card, sent off early yep. in the match. Uh, terrible, terrible red card. I can't remember who it was against. Do any of you guys remember that? 
I was at that game. It was against United and Phil Jones tackled Fagouli and Fagouli got the red card. That was so, it. What a disaster. Yeah, that that was – because West Ham, I think, were looking good early on in the game. You know, give and take here. You never know what can happen. Nope, West Ham go down to 10 men. Um, for me, I'm all in for Ed, Edmilson Fernandez. Uh, Edmilson Fernandez. Uh, what more can you ask for from a young player to go on loan – Get into a first, a regular starting job uh, in a in a top tier like Syria in Italy. Uh, it was Fiorentina that he played for, uh, and we ended up choosing Carlos Sanchez over him the next season. Uh, insane move by Pellegrini and by uh, Husilios, his uh, his main man there in charge of scouting and directing. But a cr- crazy move that was something insane because Fernandez looked like that long, leggy box to box player. He was tall. He was able to shoot from outside the box as well. Uh, his one goal, I think, came from outside the box on a, on a low-driven shot there. I think there was just so much more upside to him. I haven't heard anything from him now that he's been in Germany. I think he's with Frankfurt, possibly. Maybe somewhere else. I can't remember. But uh, he he was one I really wanted to see come true. And I think if Moyes was in charge when he was brought back after that loan, instead of Pellegrini, we would have Fernandez in the team now. Uh, and I think the team would be a lot better off because Carlos Sanchez is an absolute waste of money and a bench spot there. Um, the poll results are in. João Mario at 39.5%. Uh, Faguli 24.4%. Fernandez 22.1%. And Zarate 14 So no real low picks there. Um, but João Mario, he's now in, in Russia. So hmm, there you go. All right. Uh, this question has been quite polarizing on Twitter, I'm sure you guys are probably thinking what I'm on this one. Uh, this is the "Would you have Arnautovic back?" question. A simple yes or no. Uh, Henry, uh, sorry, Lou, we'll, we'll go to you. For, I'm, I'm mixing you two guys up all night. Uh, Lou, I'm going to go to you first here. Would you have Arnautovic back? Yes or no? Uh, no, I just think I just think we've been through too much with him already, and we just need to put him behind us now. And what's to say if we signed him, he just wouldn't do exactly the same again. Uh, so uh, overall, I mean, he'd obviously add a lot to our team in terms of output and just willingness uh, to make that striker role his. Uh, but I just don't think the pros outweigh the cons with Arnautovic. So I would not take him back. Fair. That's a fair point that you make there. Uh, Henry, what do you think? Do you want the uh, the enigmatic striker to come back? If he was a couple years younger, I would be very, very tempted to have him back just for how good he was for us. And he, I th- honestly think he made us look better when he was playing at his best. Like the start of David Moyes when he was moved to striker and his runs of form during Pellegrini's like first half of the season, I think if he was up top with Haller, it would be awesome. But I have to agree with Lou. I mean, especially now he's 31. He's not any younger. He's older. He's not going to be as quick. And he'd still be on a fairly good wage, which could be better spent on someone younger, up-and-coming player who you might not have to worry about the risk of going able like with an out of edge. completely fair I, I i know i i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot of no's on this one jeremiah are you going to straighten out this group and vote yes what do you say 
P.S. I already know your answer. <laughs> well, to this. first of all, I, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what you're talking about. This this question didn't bring up any uh, arguments or hatred on Twitter. <laughs> it was pretty pretty calm overall. But uh, totally uh, joking, obviously. Um, no, so Arnatovich the player. Uh, yes, I, I take the player back. The the person, however, no, and unfortunately, the person I think obviously depicts who the player is at most um, times. It, it, you know, he would be great up front. Him and Seb up front together would be absolutely ridiculous, and you'd see you know defenses just cower to that. But overall, can we afford to have him come back and do the same thing that he did before and completely? ruin um any type of form that we've had completely ruin you know just overall everything i mean you look at the devastation that came out of that a lot came out of that and we're lucky we were in the position that we were at the time or we might have been a lot lower but you know an fa cup you see that it, i could go back all the time to that fa cup loss and he wasn't even in that match I, correct me if i'm wrong i don't think he was even in that match and then afterwards the west ham pr come out with the whole video of him like i'm staying like, i'm this back is my club and all of this crap. Yeah, just the worst. Like, that's some of the lowest points I've seen West Ham in a long time. And I just don't – I don't want to see that again. So, I think, you know, the player, yes. But the person obviously directs who the player is. So, for me, it's going to be a, uh, a third no in a row. Well, leave it to me to be the positive one here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think uh, – I think I would be totally on board with bringing, bringing Arnautovic back simply for the fact that he would score goals for us. And there's more depth in the position now that if you needed to send him off, you could have Antonio start beside him or you could have Bowen start beside Hilaire, that is. Um, so I would vote yes on this. But, uh, Henry, I think you, you wanted to add something to this, uh, to this argument here. Yeah, what I would say is if Arnautovic did come back and he did start to throw his toys up in his, out of his pram, it wouldn't be the same as before because he wouldn't be the main man. With If we kept Anderson and Haller and Rice, they are our main men now. They are the team, our best players. He would just be one of those, whereas before it was on out of HFC. So maybe that would be a lower risk of happening and it affecting the team in such a major way. So I could maybe be swayed towards having him back now, thinking about it. Yeah, there's a lot more going on at the club that would pull from the uh, Arnautovic show, as you said. And I also think uh, you would need to have... Uh, the stipulations would obviously have to be there. An apology to the fans, a sincere one. Any talk from his brother uh, at all about moving him or anything in the media at all would null and void his contract immediately and have him return any money he's earned for the club. Uh, as well, low base rate... Uh, pay-as-you-play contract where goals and assists actually boost him up to a higher uh, contract value. And I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, obviously, it would have to be approved by the uh, by the players themselves. That would be my other, uh, my other specification there. So I don't know. There's a lot of hoops to jump through here. Would it be worth it? I think it would be. Um, we do have to say goodbye to Jeremiah now, and actually we'll take this time to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will finish our final two Hammers polls questions. All right, uh, we're back and we're jumping in uh, with a question about player recruitment uh, after finishing one uh, with uh, pretty much everyone saying no to Arnautovic being back. By the way, 53.6% 
of people voted and said no to having Arnautovic back. 46.4% are handsome and smart like me and said yes. Um, but anyways, I digress. Uh, we're without Jeremiah, but we're continuing on with the last couple questions here. Um, if you had to target one championship player, who would it be? And uh, Lou, we're going to come to you first on this one. Uh, there's four uh, mentions here. Ben White, who's the basically the top center back prospect. Calvin Phillips, the best defensive midfield prospect. Uh, Eberichi Eze, the best attacking prospect. And Ollie Watkins, the best striker option. Who are you taking out of those four if you had to uh, highlight one of them? Uh, first of all, I'll say I do really like Calvin uh, Phillips, but just based on the fact that Declan Ross, I would stay away from him um, because we have that position tied down unless we decided to move Rice back uh, to centre-back. But uh, I like the idea of signing Ollie Watkins. Uh, I think we do need another striker in the squad. Obviously, we've got Ale Ajeti and Antonio if needed. Uh, but I just don't think the, de- the depth is there. Uh, Ale clearly needs support. And uh, obviously, Antonio is good for that, but he cannot stay fit for a full season. And uh, obviously, as Ajeti is majorly unproven so far, and the jury is out. So I think Watkins would be a good signing, and I think it would just keep with the theme that Moyes is going. Obviously, the supposed 24 and younger uh, kind of theme he's got going on. I think he's just 24 now, so he'd just fit into that category. And uh, yeah, he just looks like a good player for Brentford. Yeah. He's got a good good record in the championship and like Bowen, I think he has the capabilities to step up to the big time. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll let Henry close this one out because I just want to jump on and agree with you here, uh, Lou, that Ollie Watkins would be my pick as well. Positional need comes up and I know a lot of people think uh, as a has the versatility to play outside and inside in the midfield, which he does, uh, which is really an added bonus. But um, West Ham have gone so long without having that stable striker. Arnautovic was the closest we got to it. He was a converted winger. I think Ollie Watkins could really do a job solo or in a duo. Uh, and it would be really exciting to see him step up and, and like you said, supersede and maybe make a jetty spare parts if need be. Uh, but I'd like to jump on board with that. Also, um, West Ham do not have an extensive scouting network, but Brentford has been one of the teams that they have been on record from ex-WHU employee to actually have been scouting for the past few seasons with Watkins circled for a couple of years. Um, they've done their homework on him. Uh, you don't even need to anymore. They knew this seasons ago, so um, I would like to see him come in and fulfill that West Ham prophecy, uh, walk out to all the bubbles. Uh, but Henry, wh- who are you picking on this list? Um, surprisingly, I was going to say Ollie Watkins as well. Hey, I just I felt like maybe Haller could do with competition for the position, which I think Watkins could provide a bit better than Ajeti has been this season. But for sake of being different, I will go with Ben White, the centre back. I think he's a very good young centre back, and with Balbuena's position looking tedious, Diop potentially looking tedious as he might be on his way out with other clubs looking at him now and Diop being Diop, uh, Ogbonna being into his mid-30s now I feel like getting some younger blood into that position would be good for us so I'll go for Ben White 
I think that's fair. And, and you know, we've we've talked a lot about uh, about Joe Worrell, you and myself, uh, the Nottingham Forest center back. Uh, I think he's 23 years old. Uh, he's been great this season, and, and Nottingham Forest has had a great defense this season with Matty Cash also being being targeted. That's popped up. But Ben White is the de facto number one pick for center backs coming out of the championship. So um, he's going to get some attention uh, depending on what promotion and relegation happens, if it does happen. Um I would be on board with that. And, uh, Lou, to your point, you mentioned Calvin Phillips uh, being possibly a target if Rice has moved to center back or, knock on wood, uh, God forbid he gets sold. Uh, I don't think he will, but if that were to happen, I could see them moving for Calvin Phillips, although um, Leeds isn't really a team that needs to sell, and they should, by yeah. all means, be coming yeah. up to the Premier League level next year. For sure. Uh, uh, I was about to say, I think they'd just be a bit hesitant to sell anyway, especially with them looking likely to be in the Premier League should they get promoted. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the votes are in. 47.5% picked uh, Eberichi Eze, Eze from uh, QPR. And that's probably the most likely one. I, for some reason, I think he could be a like-for-like replacement for Lanzini, uh, but also be the depth on the wing. But, you know, look at the depth we have. On the left side, you can play Holland. On the right side, you can play Diangana. You have Fornals and Felipe on the left side. You have Antonio and Bowen on the right side. Plus, Yarmolenko is still technically here. I don't know if we need someone there. Plus, we don't play Cam, a Cam anymore since Moyes has taken over, really. Um but I guess time will tell with that one. But I do think Eze is probably the most likely just based on versatility, which Moyes said he did like as well. Um, but but we digress. Uh, okay, uh, guys, this is the last question of the episode here. Uh, it is from Hammers Pools themselves, uh, and it's uh, the, the topic question of their video that just went live on the 21st. Uh, so check them out on YouTube as well. There's a lot of great West Ham people in the uh the West Ham Twitter verse that are jumping on these videos and give their opinions. It's really a great, uh, a great watch there. Um, the question is very plain, very simple. And uh, Henry will come to you first on this one. Uh, does Balbuena feature next season? Uh, answer this question. However you would like, and uh, feel free to be as detailed or, you know, uh, as tangential as you want to be on this one. But do you think Balbuena is featuring at all next season for West Ham? When we signed Balbuena, I was such a huge fan of the signing. Like, I felt as if one of Golden Sullivan's South American experiments had finally worked after the Caleri's and Wellington Paulistas had failed. And Balbuena had formed that partnership with Diop. I thought we'd had, we'd got our centre back partnership sorted for the next five years. And then last summer happened, and Balbuena, I think, took a bit of a confidence hit away at the Copper America with Paraguay. And this season, when he did play at the start, he just looked knackered. And so come to next season, I'd like to see him be given another chance because he's still relatively young. I think he's only 27, 28. And he he performed so well for us in that his first season. I think he deserves another chance to prove himself. And if he does and it's successful, then we've got a fantastic centre-back again. And if it doesn't work, we I don't think we'd have, we will lose out on too much because I don't think he's on that higher wage and he didn't cost that much to buy. So we wouldn't lose a lot of investment from selling him on for cheaper. So come next season, I'd like to see him still be part of the club for sure. 
And Lou, are you picking Balbuena to feature next season? Yeah, it's, my opinions don't really differ much from that. Uh, like Henry said, I think I don't think anyone believes he's a bad player because he obviously proved himself. Uh, you know, in his first season here, where he was our best defender, and he was looking like Ogbon is looking currently. Uh, and I guess that's a good case in point. Ogbonna didn't have the best season last season, but now he's back to, you know, his best. So I don't see why Balbuena can't do the same thing. And I think he's, like you say, his confidence has just took a hit, and he's just not been able to get going uh, this season. Obviously, Diop and Ogbonna are our main partnership now. And whenever he's got to the team, he's just looked a bit slow and lacks sharpness. And I think a summer break, uh, you know, of just training and pre-season uh, will do him the world of good. And obviously, if he gets back to his best that he's shown previously for us, then we have uh, definitely have a great asset on our end. I think I'm going to be the contrarian here with you two. Um, I was severely not convinced with Balbuena this season, and I think he was carried by Diop having a great start to his career last year. Uh, as well, West Ham didn't play well defensively for the majority of last season, so uh, the bar was really low. Um, and Pellegrini's known for attacking football. There was sort of that regression defensively, if you can even call it that. Uh, I, he came out this season, played off the bench, and, and Henry, as you had mentioned, he came back from the Copa America, and it was weird. He he didn't look like he had any confidence of a player that you know went back home and actually got game time, uh, and he was misplacing passes. Uh, he looked great when he was played for the under twenty threes, but you know as he should. Uh, but I just I don't see enough on him that makes me want to keep him. I do see an upside, which makes me think there's a reason that other teams could want him. There were links to Serie A teams chasing him down. Uh, if I was West Ham, I would I would look to sell him off there. I think, in all honesty, with complete blind faith, I think you could get similar performances um, with more upside from the likes of Cardoso, who's looked to have a great season growing with the under-23s at a younger age. Um, I think you invest in someone like Ben White or Joe Worrell from, from Forrest and you move out Balbuena. If you can, you move out Winston Reed. Save that money. There's actually a piece that I literally just wrote for Green Street Hammers that breaks this all down. And it also has the wages uh, saved on moving out certain players. Uh, so do check that out on GreenStreetHammers.com. But it, it really outlines Balbuena being spare parts as, as far as I see it here. But uh, that, that's just my opinion. I just I don't think with a player into his late 20s now, there's a reason to have him on the bench if you're not going to grow with him. And he's also then counting against your homegrown policy when you could have a young player that's English on the bench, you know, vying for that opportunity to get into the first team. I think there's more upside in having someone younger pushing than having someone older and eventually maybe let Ogbonna be that that uh, champion on the bench to come in and settle things down, but also mentor some older players there. Uh, but gentlemen, done and dusted. That does it. The, the second Hammers Pulls episode is done. It was pretty fun. I mean, despite there being no football, we, we've we've made it through another episode here. Uh, Lou, what are you going to be doing for the next week to keep yourself preoccupied uh, of no sports or anything going on in the world? Um, good question. Uh, well, I'm just going to be working, really. Uh, so nothing exciting, but 
There's been rumors about the Bundesliga coming back soon, isn't it? You, you missed that question. That was one of our first questions we went through. Uh, Bundesliga back possibly May 7th. Uh, it's just a preliminary date that they, they gave out there. But we were saying we would all be huge German football fans if that came yeah. up. Would you be too? Do you have a team in the Bundesliga? Maybe we could start uh, making the podcast uh, Bundesliga team. Guten Tag, everybody. Uh, Henry, what about you? Anything exciting coming up in the next week? I'm quite lucky with the work I've started doing of being a video editor for Fives Football UK. Is I've been watching all this five-a-side football for the first time, which they've recorded and allowed me to edit for them. So it's like I've still got some football to watch, which is new and nice. Um, and I've started writing biographies for certain clubs in the MLS for another website I write for, Vavil. I just did one on the San Jose Earthquakes, which turned into a 2,000-word essay. Very interesting team, um, I'll say so myself, with a lot of um, changes that have happened in only 50 years of them existing. But yeah, so I'll probably be quite busy for the next couple of days. Well, there you go. That sounds good. For me, it's going to be work like uh, like you said there, Lou and, and Henry as well. But mostly it's going to be uh, trying to etch out time for more FIFA and Call of Duty uh, wherever I can. Uh, but uh, there's always going to be more time to talk West Ham. And until next week, come on you Irons. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.